Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield, and we've hit another milestone, folks. This episode marks our third anniversary. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield News, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. New County Court Commissioner sworn in on New Year's Day. Methodist Mansfield rings in the new year with a baby girl. Two Mansfield ISD boys teams compete in the annual Whataburger Basketball Tournament. Timberview takes top honors in the Spring Creek Girls Basketball Tournament. Two Lake Ridge grads headed to the national championship. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve digs into the archives and pulls an interview from 2019 with former Mansfield News Mirror newspaper reporter Nicholas Sacalarius. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, And I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Newly elected Tarrant County Commissioner Elisa Simmons kicked off her four-year term by being sworn into office on New Year's Day at the Tarrant County Sub-Courthouse in Arlington. Simmons fills the Precinct 2 seat vacated by Devin Allen, who did not run for re-election. Simmons is the fourth woman ever elected to the Tarrant County Commissioner's Court and is also the second black person, behind Devin Allen, to represent Southeast Tarrant County, which includes Mansfield. Her victory over Andy Wynn in November was a nail-biter, taking in 51.5% of the votes. The Tarrant County Commissioner's Court consists of the county judge and four precinct commissioners. A county commissioner is typically responsible for building and maintaining county roads and bridges within their precinct, adopts the county's budget and tax rate, approves all budgeted purchases of the county, fills vacancies in elective and appointive offices, among other duties. 
Precinct 4 Commissioner Manny Ramirez and County Court Judge Tim O'Hare were also sworn in on New Year's Day in separate ceremonies. The new year brought Mansfield a new resident at 12.56 p.m. on January 1st, the first baby of 2023, with assistance from the staff at Methodist Mansfield Medical Center. Thin Wynn and Truk Toe of Arlington are the proud parents of a healthy girl, Han Jia Wynn, weighing in at 5 pounds, 7 ounces, and measuring 19 inches long. Baby Han was delivered by Dr. Baron Atkins. The new parents received a gift basket and a new baby book to help Han get a head start on reading as part of the Read to Me program. All babies born at Methodist Mansfield receive a new book provided by the hospital and the Mansfield Women's Club. It's kind of a big deal here in Mansfield. We're talking about the 65th annual Whataburger High School Basketball Tournament held this year at Legacy High School just prior to the New Year's weekend. Two MISD boys teams competed and were immediately sent to the consolation bracket as Timberview was downed by Fort Bend Marshall, 64-53, and Legacy was outscored by Plano, 72-59. Colleen Ellison was the tournament champion, while McKinney took home the top honors in the consolation bracket. Bracket. Meanwhile, while the boys were busy at their tournament, all five MISD girls basketball teams hit the hardwood in the Spring Creek Tournament hosted at four of the MISD high schools. And taking home the championship trophy was Timberview after downing Capel 44-34 on Friday night at Summit High School. Timberview's Emily Jones was named the tournament MVP. It's no secret that the TCU Horned Frogs football team is headed to the national championship next week, and two Lake Ridge graduates will be along for the ride. TCU sophomore cornerback Zimbalist Odoms III graduated from Lake Ridge in 2020 and saw his lone action on the TCU team in the 2021 season opener victory over Duquesne, while redshirt freshman cornerback Marvin Covington walked the Lake Ridge graduation stage in 2021. Kevington played in the opening three games of the season, preserving a redshirt year and did not record a tackle. The Horned Frogs and Georgia Bulldogs will tee it up at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, 6.30 on Monday night on ESPN. If you have a comment about the show, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter to us. You can reach us by voicemail at 817-435-2938 or by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Monday, January 9th is not only the NCAA National Championship, but it's also National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Law enforcement officers of every rank and file have chosen a profession that puts their life on the line every single day for their communities. They've answered a call to public service that is demanding and often unappreciated. From local, state, and federal, their duties command dedication. The jobs are often thankless and take them away from their families for long hours, including holidays, and rarely do they know what their days have in store for them. On National Law Enforcement Day, we have an opportunity to thank them for their service and offer a token of respect. So, Whether it's the state trooper that pulled you over for speeding or the friendly Mansfield police officer riding bike patrol on the linear trail this coming Monday, how about a tip of the hat to our country's hardworking law enforcement officers? 
Let's head on over to the weather desk and check out this week's forecast. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After the frigid insanity of early last week and tying a record high temperature on Monday, we're moderating into temperatures at or a bit above normal for most of this week. We're looking at a high of 58 on Wednesday, 57 on Thursday, 66 on Friday, 64 on Saturday, 56 on Sunday, 60 on Monday, and 63 on Tuesday. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, we answer a listener question about the name of the moon. Are you worried about packing on the pounds this holiday season? I'm Angel Biasati, and we'll share some tips in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. You've set your resolutions for 2023, and one of the biggest is buying a new home. I'm Beth Steinke, and today I'll outline the steps that make that resolution a reality on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about cocktail that'll have you saying goodbye to 2022 and hello 2023. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is about Mansfield. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Congratulations to Emily Busk, who was the first person to email the correct answer to our last trivia question, which was simply this. Email the words, Happy New Year, to us. And Emily did just that and has won a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. 
I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, the Mansfield Star Center opened its doors in August of 2018, bringing hockey and other ice-related activities to Mansfield with its two rinks. The rinks are named after two retired Dallas Stars hockey players. This week's trivia question is, name one of the two former Dallas Stars players that the rinks at the Mansfield Star Center are named after. Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, name one of the two former Dallas Stars players that the rinks at the Mansfield Star Center are named after. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb answers a listener's question about the moon's name. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. A listener asked the question, why do we call our planet's moon the moon when each of planet Jupiter's 80 moons have cool mythological names? This is mostly a question of human language, but the answer also tells a bit about the scientific naming of things. Celestial objects named in antiquity keep their original names from thousands of years ago. The brightest stars mostly have names from 5th century Arab astronomers who were documenting star catalogs, while my European ancestors were still fighting with bears. This is why we have stars named Aldebaran, Altair, Fomalo, Mizar, and Vega, all ancient Arabic names. We still use these names because there are centuries of early scientific work that can be referenced in light of modern science. For thousands of years, humans knew that the sky had a big, bright, reliable sun and also a big, bright, reliable moon, in addition to a bunch of stars and five planets. If you watch those five planets closely over weeks and months, you could see them slowly wandering through the stars. You can do this today from your backyard if you're patient and make drawings or photographs of a planet and the stars that's nearby over a period of weeks and months. The five visible planets were named in ancient times for Greek and Roman gods, and as newer, fainter planets were discovered, scientists chose to continue this reference because, well, you have to name it something. In 1922, organized science in the form of the International Astronomical Union realized that as we keep discovering new things in space, we will need to give them unique and appropriate names that will stick so that scientists in the future will be using the same name for the object as scientists in the past. Where there was a standard established in the past, Greek and Roman gods for planets, 
they embrace this standard as already well established. There would have been a committee meeting about this question, and the committee would have had to meet when the planet Pluto was discovered in 1930. As the discoverer of a new planet or other objects gets to propose a name to the International Astronomical Union, uh, in Pluto's case, the Lowell Observatory in Arizona, where Pluto discoverer Clyde Tombaugh worked, the observatory decided to invite anybody to propose a name for the new planet, and an 11-year-old schoolgirl in England named Venetia Burney proposed Pluto, and it was selected among the entries and proposed to and accepted by the IAU as it met their naming standards for planets. Young Venetia was a student of mythology and knew Pluto was the Greek and Roman god of the underworld, which made sense. It also helped that the first two letters, P and L, were the initials of the founder of the Lowell Observatory, who was Percival Lowell. Yeah, there's politics everywhere. Anyway, back to our, our own moon's simple name. Different languages, modern and extinct, would have many different names, and dozens of them, for a singular moon, usually deities, and interestingly, most of those are of the female persuasion. This is moon goddesses in, in our language. As English speakers, we call it the moon. Today, worldwide, the standard language for astronomical research is English. That is really a true thing, so here we are. Our original listener question about why does the moon have a boring name while Jupiter's 80 moons have cool-sounding names? Well, there's a story. Galileo discovered the first four moons of Jupiter around 1610, as he was the first to look at Jupiter with a telescope. Galileo did not propose names for them, as apparently it did not occur to him. A different astronomer, Simon Marius, independently discovered these four moons of Jupiter, and four years after Galileo proposed the cool names of Ganymede, Callisto, Io, and Europa. As more moons were discovered in the era of telescopes, these names fell out of favor in serious astronomy. There were so many new moons, and were replaced by Roman numerals. However, in 1975, the International Astronomical Union decided the historical names were better and started granting new moon names in this sequence. First, Jupiter's lovers, or favorites, he got around, then, when this ran out in 2004, the descendants of these lovers and friends were made eligible for IAU names. After these names ran out, the IAU allowed names of Jupiter's own descendants. Sometimes there are multiple names for these because Jupiter in Roman mythology is the same as Zeus in Greek mythology. So, there is a special committee of the IAU that figures this out every time they run out of names, something nobody really expected back in 1975. Some of the most recently discovered moons of Jupiter don't have names yet, as the committee has not yet met about them. It is not unusual that some astronomers are fluent in ancient mythology, and it is a thing that's easy to study. The International Astronomical Union is also responsible for adopting names or naming conventions for all discovered objects in space, including asteroids, surface features on planets, stars, galaxies, and quasars, where every decade there are many more new objects to name. Some involve mythology, but most don't. Those that involve mythology now include mythologies from across our planet, and it's recorded history, not just the Greek and Roman stuff. If you can't get enough of this, go to the IAU webpage about naming of astronomical objects and follow the links down the rabbit hole. If you have any questions for me to answer here, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. 
From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here with some tips on how to shed those extra holiday pounds we may have gained in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. During the holidays, many of us are guilty of eating and drinking more and not spending time exercising and burning those extra calories. Developing healthy habits early on can make all the difference. Exercising and eating smart can help you maintain a healthy weight, improve your overall health, and prevent illness. Here are a few simple tips that might help guide you this holiday season. Control portion size. How much you eat is just as important as what you eat, so be mindful of the amount of food you consume and what you choose from the menu. It's no secret that restaurants supersize servings. And frequently, our favorite foods tend to be high in saturated fat, trans fat, and have added sugars and sodium. So we should watch our portions. That doesn't mean you have to avoid every craving. Go ahead. Enjoy the food you like. Just don't go overboard. As recommended by the American Heart Association, eat a diet rich in vegetables, fruits, and whole grain foods. Avoid added sugar, which is found in soda, fruit juices, sports beverages, and processed food. Never skip meals. One common myth is that skipping meals is a good way to lose weight. That's an actual mistake. It can hurt you in the long run. Skipping meals can slow down your metabolism, put your body in starvation mode, and burn calories at a much slower pace and conserving fat. There's another downfall to skipping meals. It can make you binge later in the day and you'll consume more food at your next meal or over-snack to fill your hunger pains. The best thing to do is to eat regular meals throughout the day and get active. Not only does it help you keep your weight under control, it boosts your energy, helps manage stress, and of course, improve your physique. Try to do 30 minutes of moderate physical exercise at least three times per week. It's important to reach your target heart rate to really benefit from the workout. You take your maximum heart rate, the maximum times your heart can beat in one minute, minus your age. The American Heart Association tells us that our target heart rate should be between 50 to 85% of our maximum heart rate. Unless you're an athlete. The point is to build physical activity into your daily life and to make that extra effort to watch what you eat. Then you can gradually take bigger steps that will improve your mind, body, and spirit. After all, that's the best gift you can give yourself this holiday season. Reporting for About Mansfield, this is Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Realtor Beth Steinke is here to help us turn resolutions into reality in the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. Beth? New Year's resolutions are a time-honored tradition. And if buying a home is on your list of goals for 2023, there are several steps you can take today to set yourself up for success. Here are a few resolutions to consider as you embark on the journey to homeownership. Number one, get your finances in order and keep them stable. This means tracking your spending, creating a budget, and paying every one of your bills on time. Improving your credit score is essential, as it can affect the interest rate you'll receive on a mortgage. 
You'll likely want to pay off debt as part of this process, but I recommend doing that under the instruction of a mortgage lender, as sometimes things we think will help our credit score can actually have the opposite effect. This isn't the fun or sexy part of buying a home, but it is a necessary starting point. And don't change jobs. Keep things stable in your financial life. Number two, save for a down payment. A down payment is a significant upfront cost when buying a home. And the more you have saved, the more options you'll have when it comes to finding a home that fits your budget. Consider cutting back on non-essential expenses and redirecting that money into a savings account specifically for your down payment. Maybe cut one round of golf a month out or do one less pedicure to jumpstart your savings. There are other creative ways to get your down payment together, and I have lots of ideas and we can talk about in-depth one-on-one. Number three, get to know the housing market. I recommend starting with a buyer consultation with your realtor. They will listen to your needs and wants and give you great direction on home types, neighborhoods, communities that meet your specific needs. Ask questions about home prices, property taxes, and the costs associated with buying in the area that you hope to purchase. This will give you a better idea of what to expect when it comes time to make an offer. Number four, get pre-approved for that mortgage. As I have always said, he who has the money makes the rules. So regardless of how ready you feel to buy the house, the lender is going to have the final say. Lending has tightened significantly since the mortgage crisis of 2008, so if that's the last time you purchased, it's a whole different ballgame now. You and your realtor need to know how much you can afford before you can get too far into the process. That can make the home buying process go so much more smoothly, keeping in mind that a pre-approval is not the same as a pre-qualification and an internet lender is not the same as a trusted local mortgage professional. Number five, if you haven't already, find a great real estate agent that is a good fit for you. A good real estate agent is an invaluable resource in helping you find the right home and negotiating the best price. They can also provide valuable insights into the home buying process and help you navigate any challenges that may come up along the way. Number six, be patient. Buying a home is a big undertaking and it's important to be patient. Ask questions and understand the process and next steps. Your realtor is your go-to resource for helping you along the way. By following these simple steps, you'll be well on your way to achieving your goal of buying a home in 2023. And with a little planning and determination, you can make this happen for you and your family. I have faith in you. Now let's take a look at what's happening in the Mansfield real estate market in real time. As of Tuesday, January 3rd, inventory of active and available homes took a slight dip down to only 95 homes available. Likely, new sellers were waiting for the new year to put their homes on the market. Homes this week range from a 225,000 small 1945 frame house on Main Street with a list topping out at nearly 2 million for a 7,000 square foot home on two and a half acres. But year over year numbers are still very strong for Mansfield, Texas. The median price is over 480,000, representing a nearly 18% increase over last year. Even closed sales are up nearly 5% year over year. Days on market have increased, so sellers need to be prepared for a longer marketing period in order to get their home sold. I would surely love to hear from you. Send in your questions about real estate to me at info at aboutmansfield.com. I'd love to give you a shout out on a future episode. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good as Brian Certain is ready for the new year with the cocktail of the week. This week's cocktail of the week is the mistletoe martini. 
Today, I'm concluding my series on Christmas-themed cocktails to drink and enjoy this holiday season. And once again, thanks to Town & Country, they did a great job curating this list. My family tried a number of these, and these are our favorites. But don't worry, as always, about taking notes as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the mistletoe martini. Ingredients, you're going to take an ounce and a half of a good vodka, three quarters of an ounce of cherry brandy, the juice of one lime, about two ounces, raspberries for garnish, rosemaries for garnish, and sugar for the cocktail rim. Instructions, you're going to rim a martini glass with sugar. Fill your cocktail shaker halfway with ice and pour in the ingredients, the vodka, the cherry brandy, the lime juice. Shake until chilled and strain the mixture into the glass. Garnish with two raspberries and a sprig of rosemary. Hello, 2023. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad. But too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. Thank you, Brian. This being our three-year anniversary show, let's dig back into the archives. Let's go all the way back to episode number one with an in-studio interview with former Mansfield News Mirror newspaper reporter, Nicholas Sacalaris. Enjoy. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the studios of Podcast Mansfield in Mansfield, Texas. And in the studio today, we have a journalist who has worked with the uh, Mansfield News Mirror for many, many years. We're going to talk with him about the journalism industry and, and where he's headed because he's going someplace new. So stick around for that. We welcome Nicholas Sakalaris to the studio. Nicholas, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is re- really great. You've been with the Mansfield News Mirror for a while and explain what you do for them and how long you've been with them. Well, my first job out of uh, college back in 2004, I uh, worked with uh, Bridget Cummings. Uh, she was the editor. She hired me and uh, I worked there doing Pretty much everything. I wore every hat back then in 2004 to 2007, covering sports, news, city council, school board, all the growth of the district, all the growth in the city, all of the uh, controversy surrounding big league dreams back then. I covered all that, and that was my real introduction into being a journalist every day. Pretty much lived and breathed Mansfield uh, news, sports, and everything back then. So I did that until 2007. And you mentioned you start in 2004. What schooling did you go through to prepare you to be a journalist? I went to the University of Oklahoma. I, I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma area. And so I went to the University of Oklahoma and studied journalism there. You're a Sooner. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I studied it there and I worked at the student paper there at uh, University of Oklahoma. It was an amazing experience just to get to cover the the news at the university. And it felt like you were really big time when you saw your uh, name name on the front page of the paper there. It was really cool. The byline. Yeah. Yeah. You worked there from 2004 to 2007 at the News Mirror covering all of, uh, and I remember the Big League Dreams was a huge, huge controversy. And, and you covered that. I do recall seeing you many times sitting there in the back desk at the city council meetings and what stands out as over the years that you've been covering Mansfield, the one 
mind-blowing story that you'll never forget? Well, the thing that sticks in my mind the most from that time period when I was first starting was when they were first identifying the location for Big League Dreams. It was originally planned at 287 and Broad, uh, right there where the field house is now and where the shops at Broad is being built. The big controversy at the time was that they were going to use some eminent domain against the resident there because they needed more land to be able to build the uh, facility. I was the one that broke that story way back, I think it was 2004. The lady happened to be a widow that owned that that land. That's right. And that was a huge deal. I mean, you know, the story was was really, really, really took off after that. And, you know, the city faced a lot of criticism for, for that decision. And it was a huge controversy at the time. And it wasn't too long after that that they identified the new location at 316 Heritage down the southeast part of the city. So the year after that, uh, we entered that story in a contest for uh, community journalism. And I won Journalist of the Year for that story. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So that was a huge boost early in my career. And then wasn't there at one point at that same location there at, at the Shops Abroad or prior to the Shops Abroad that the Center for the Performing Arts was also looking that, at that spot, weren't they? Yeah, I believe so. Projects like that really need a uh, a public component. Um, if you look at the success that Southlake has had, because sure. I've covered Southlake as well, they have their city hall there. And that's been a big success, a big part of that. And I think they wanted to mimic that success by having a public facility, whether it's the ISD or the city. There was a possibility of that happening. And the, the problem with that was that the shops at Broad or whatever iteration that was didn't happen because of the recession at the time. In 2007, then, when you left the news mirror, you became a freelancer. What, where'd you go from after that? Uh, after that, I... Actually started working, doing, still working for the Star Telegram, but I got a raise and I was able to go work, uh, doing the same type of work in South Lake Colleyville Grapevine. So I started, uh, reporting in South Lake Colleyville Grapevine on the success that they're having up there. Just pretty much doing the same type of news I did here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was responsible for, I was usually running around, uh, between the three. I mean, if I covered South Lake, I was more doing South Lake, but if you're doing, Grapevine, you're kind of also doing Colleyville because they share a school district. So that's, uh, you know, so I was covering those communities. And, and I did that until 2013. And then I started working at the Dallas Business Journal covering oil and gas and aviation and stuff like that. It was a big thrill to get to do that. So as a journalist of now 15 years, what advice do you have to give to future journalists uh, or journal- journalist students? The, the industry is, is very difficult right now. You know, you just you just look at the newspaper and in, in industry in general. Look at newspapers. Look at um, you know, it's it's a very tough industry right now for kids or young people to get into. But if if you, it is very rewarding, I think you look at the way teachers describe the the uh, satisfaction they get from being a teacher. It's not from not from their paychecks, right? So the the feeling I got when I when people would talk to me about how I, wow, I didn't know about this, or you really, your story just boosted our business and we're doing awesome. And, you know, you really helped get the word out about this controversy. You gave me a voice, things like that. You have to live for that. You're not going to make, chances are you're not going to make a lot of money, but if you can get people 
to open up and you like telling stories, it's an awesome, it can be an awesome career sure. if you can get in it. There, It's no secret that, that newspapers are getting smaller. And so what is the future of journalism? I, my hope is that community journalism can, can continue, but it doesn't appear like that's going to be the case. It, it appears to me. The way things have gone, it, things have become democratized, I think, to the point where everybody carries around a cell phone with a camera and can record anything, can go live on their Facebook or Twitter at any time and and be a, quote, journalist. But that, that doesn't mean that they're, they're going to tell both sides. And so I think it's still important. I don't know what the future holds. It could be... You know, just like uh, with with the About Mansfield podcast uh, taking the place of newspaper, it could be that 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 is the future um, if you can find a way to monetize it. Because newspapers, it's, it's a real struggle now to monet to make money off of uh, ads on the internet right. and on in print, actually in print on the in the paper. And uh, classifieds are gone with Craigslist, and so I think. If you can find a way to monetize podcasts and give people something that they can listen to on the go, which is what this is, uh, I think that's a good opportunity. Now, this podcast episode is, has been recorded back in November of 2019, and you are you're starting a new journey career-wise. I'm going to be the communication specialist at CoServe, which is a, an electric co-op that covers some based up there in Corinth which is south of Denton. Right. And I will be the communication specialist there writing about the electric industry internally and then writing about the, all the good things that CoServe does in the community also externally. So kind of doing a mixture of, of external and internal communications as it relates to the electric industry, which I've covered extensively when I was an energy reporter. And I think that, you know, that this is a great opportunity for me to have a job with benefits and being part of a team instead of working at home like I do now. And still be able to use utilize your journal, journalism background. Yes. And I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, you know, when I read the job description for the job, I, I realized just how similar it is to what I'm doing now. It's not really that different. And, you know, I've, I've wanted to stay in journalism because of, like I said, the, the idealistic, uh, aspects of telling people's stories and getting satisfaction out of that. But I think this is a good opportunity for me to continue doing that, but more benefits and stuff. Nicholas Sacalaris is our guest on About Mansfield, starting a new job uh, at, at CoServe up there in Corinth. And, and uh, we sure appreciate the amount of years that you put in, uh, not only uh, specifically at the News Mirror, but then also as a freelancer at the News Mirror and the Star-Telegram. And I've read your articles over the, uh, over the years from uh, back in the day of the, the Big League Dreams all the way up to the controversy of apartments on Broad Street. And keep fighting the good fight. Appreciate you being on the show today. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with yet another outstanding Mansfield resident. And you'll just have to tune in to find out who it is. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, <laughs> or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. 
hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. This podcast is copyrighted by Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio for the private use of our audience. Any other use of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.